Good morning, everyone. We are continuing our series today, The Fullness of Time, and it's something that comes straight from the scripture where it says that uh, in the fullness of time, God sent his son into the world. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, we've talked about this concept where we recognize that God's timing is perfect. Christmas is a season where we can recognize that God is in complete control of everything, that God will intervene at the perfect time, at the perfect place, even if we don't recognize it or know it. And last week we talked about how God intervenes sometimes in history and he knows when it is time for the impossible. He knows when it's time for a miraculous intervention in our lives. And his timing is perfect with that as well. Today, I'm going to talk about the fact that sometimes it's time for a new start. It's time for a new way, a new direction in life. You know, Christmas seems to be the most traditional time of year. And there's all kinds of odd traditions all around the world um, that how people celebrate Christmas. But it is kind of a it's a global holiday and there's weird things that people do to celebrate it. Here's a few that I heard of. Um, If you were at our little uh, Christmas event and you participated in our quiz game, you learned about this. That in Japan, it is traditional to go to Kentucky Fried Chicken for Christmas. They have all these uh, all these advertising campaigns, and they've done this for years. And it became it's come to a point; it's become so popular that people associate Christmas with Kentucky Fried Chicken. So, I guess if you don't have any plans for Christmas. I'm sure the Kentucky Fried Chickens around here would be uh, closed. You're going to have to get it the the day before, right? And then and then have that. But what a what an odd thing. Uh, I guess Colonel Sanders kind of looks like Santa, right? Um, I don't know, but that is something that people do in Japan. Um, here is another odd Christmas tradition. Okay, this is from Venezuela. In Venezuela, they. Uh, go to mass on Christmas and they go to an early morning mass and it is tradition for them to go to mass on roller skates. They go on roller skates and go to mass and um, so much so that in some places, the capital, um, uh, the the roads are are closed on Christmas because uh, until 8 a.m. because the the roads are completely filled with people uh, skating to mass on Christmas. That's kind of cool. Can we do that? Can we do that on Christmas Eve? We have Christmas Eve service at 5 p.m. Everybody roll in. Uh, we'll make sure everything is iced. And um, yeah, I've seen some of you play softball. Do not do roller skates. Uh, that would be, there would be serious injuries, right? Okay, all right. Um, yeah, Venezuela, there's not too much ice, so they don't have to worry about it too much. Here's another one. Okay. Uh, on December 5th, I don't know why, but German children sometimes leave a boot or a shoe outside their bedroom door. And then in the morning, if they've been good, they wake up to find their shoe filled with sweets. If they haven't, their shoe is filled with uh, a branch. So I don't know. Um, uh, if you've been good, you get uh, treats. If not, you get a stick. I don't know, if, uh, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, I don't know if you get hit by that stick later. I'm not quite sure. My family's German, but I never participated in this uh, this tradition. Uh, I hope that the, that the, the, the treats are wrapped. 
I hope that there isn't just like an open chocolate chip cookie in my shoe because that would be bad. Um, but all kinds of odd traditions all around the world, all kinds of things that people do. And we can look at other countries and different celebrations and say, that's weird. Why would you go to KFC on Christmas? Uh, that's weird to roller skate to Christmas. But let's not go so fast. Uh, we have some weird traditions too, don't we? Why are we chopping down trees and putting them in our houses? Why are we doing, why are we doing this? Why are we putting, why are we putting like tinsel on trees? What, what even is tinsel? I don't even know where that came from. We have our candy canes. We have our stockings because, you know, Santa's going to come down the chimney and these are the things that we do. We, every culture seems to make Christmas one of the most traditional holidays that there is. And I'm sure each of us could probably point to one particular tradition that we practiced uh, maybe in our family history and we grew up with and say, that's how you do Christmas. And our family was this. My father was a pastor. We had Christmas Eve services just like we do here at Church at the Creek. We would do Christmas Eve service, come home. Mom would have soup ready to go. She had it pre-made, ready to go, and some kind of bread, you know, nice warm comfort food. And then after we ate, we would open up presents on Christmas Eve. That's what we would do as our family tradition. And I remember every single time when I was a little kid, I'd come home, the soup would be there, and my mom would be like, sit down, we're having family dinner. And I would scold myself eating the soup so quickly to try to move on from eating the soup to opening presents. Because I didn't care about the soup in that moment, but that was the tradition. I had to endure a family meal before I opened the presents, but I was pretty pumped up and I mocked my other friends that had to wait till Christmas morning. Uh, we got our presents. We got our presents about 12 hours early from everybody else. So that was, that was our family tradition. All of us have these family traditions and I, I asked my parents, why do we do it on Christmas Eve? And they say, well, that's what we did when we were growing up. You probably have things like that too. Say, we do that because that's what you're supposed to do because that's what we did when I was growing up. And in some ways, Christmas is a unique time of year that really lends itself to these family traditions. And, and if you want to just think kind of philosophically about it, why do, why do we get so traditional in Christmas time? I think in some ways what it is, is we're trying to reclaim maybe a memory that we had, a moment that we had, maybe a time as a child, maybe as a, a time at some point in time in our life that, man, I remember that moment, the snow fell, it was perfect, everything was awesome, everything was decorated, family was around, the food was good. And it was like, we're trying to reclaim that moment and repeat that moment for our kids or repeat that moment again so we can have that feeling once again. Right? And that's how I think traditions are passed down from generation to generation because it's like, hey, this one worked. This was an awesome time. Let's do it again. Let's hit, let's hit repeat and let's, let's do that one again. And in some ways, um, uh, the church and, and people of faith have become known and associated with traditions, Christmas traditions. And in many ways, it's because Hey, we are going back and we're actually retelling and we're recreating the very first time 
Jesus came to earth. We're recreating that story. We're retelling that story. And it's really important. And we're going back and we're, we're building our life on these things. And we're saying, remember when this happened. Let's read the story again. Let's retell that story. Let's do some of these traditions again to keep this alive and make this meaningful and pass this on to the next generation. And in many ways, that is very powerful and very important and significant. But there's also a flip side that I want to I contemplate a little bit today. The flip side of getting too associated with a particular tradition or a particular way of doing things or a particular kind of mindset that can lend itself towards getting stuck. It can lend itself towards getting stuck in this place or this feeling or this, this way of doing things where we say, like, there's, there's almost like, this is it. This is how God shows up. You got you to gotta, you gotta put a Christmas tree up. You got to have lights. You got to have candy canes. And then we can celebrate Jesus' birth. You have to do it that way. And if you don't do it that way, wrong. You're wrong. In some ways, we get mental locks. And I don't know what it is that, that traditions so often get tied up with religion. I think it's because we're, we're retelling the story and we're doing it. And we're passing it on to generation to generation. And it's not really the tradition that's the issue at hand. There's all kinds of different reasons maybe we have these things. I've heard explanations that, you know, the tree is an evergreen tree. So we can look at that for eternal life. Sure. Okay. That we can make that tie. Is that in the Bible? No, it's not. Okay. But it's something, yeah, we can connect those dots. We can do those things. We can tell the story. But there is a tendency or there is something that can creep into our lives where all of a sudden we don't allow God to show up in any new way. We've heard the story. We know the tradition. We know what's taken place. And in some ways we can't be surprised anymore because it's routine. It's a ritual. All we can do is do it over again. Well, if you read the Christmas story... And if you read it with fresh eyes and really look at the emotions of the people that are involved in the Christmas story, you can't help but see that there's some incredible reactions that take place. There's incredible things because what is taking place in the Christmas story, and that's one of the messages of Christmas in Scripture, is that sometimes it's time for something new. Sometimes it's time for us to break out of our expectations. Sometimes it's, it's time to like break out of our mental hangups and habits and same thing over and over. And sometimes it's time to start a new path, a new direction, a new, a new way of thinking about life. Because there is a possibility that we could get stuck in a rut. We could get stuck in the same place and think that we've heard it before. And not have fresh ears to hear the message and hear what God wants to do in our lives. So in Luke chapter 2, well, last week we read a little bit from Luke chapter 1. And today we're going to read some from Luke chapter 2. It, it's, it's some of the famous passages around the story of Christmas. And, and at the beginning of the chapter, it talks about the birth of Jesus. On Christmas Eve, when we have service here at 5 p.m., I'm going to read that story. But uh, I want to I skip... And just look at some of the emotions that people around the story of Christmas had to the news, 
to what was going on. And we'll, we'll, we'll go back. Jesus will be born. Trust me. We'll, we'll, we'll get him born this year. But uh, that, that takes place in Luke chapter 2, like 1 through 7. But I want to pick it up in verse 8. And really, here's what I want you to think about as I'm reading and as we go forward. I want you to think about these questions. In what ways have you got stuck in the past? In what ways have you gotten stuck in a rut in some way or another? And let's think about it particularly in a spiritual way. Maybe you've got stuck in your expectations of what God is like and who God, how God is going to show up, what God can do in your life. How have you gotten stuck? And then another question I want you to consider is what new thing does God want to do in you? Because sometimes it's time for something new. So it says this in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. It says, after Jesus is born, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will call us great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Then when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Excuse me. <clears throat> Don't want to cough into the microphone. That would be brutal. I was trying to hold it, but I couldn't quite get verse 20 done before the cough came. I knew it was coming. Hang on. That's why we have coffee at church. Okay, verse 20. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So we see this set up and this reaction, and I want to look at the emotions of this moment right here as the shepherds uh, get the message about Jesus' birth. And there's this angelic uh, chorus that comes and this the, the heavens are filled with this group of angels that proclaim this message. So the setup is the message is good news is going to come that will cause great news or great joy for all the people. And the term good news is a is a term that that we come and we have associated with the first four books of the New Testament. Good news is is uh, another term for that is gospel. The gospel is good news. It's a, it's a message of hope, a message that good news is coming to you. And so that's the setup, breaking news. If you can think about watching a show and all of a sudden uh, we break in because something important is taking place. 
Here we go. Good news that will bring great joy. That's the setup, and the news is this. A Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. That's what it says. It's been born. There is a Messiah that has come. And the reaction is this. All who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said. The shepherds were amazed. They were fearful at first, but they were amazed, and they saw this the, the baby that was born, and they went and they shared it with everyone. Okay, you may have heard this story several times. You may have heard this setup. You may have heard, like, okay, there's angels there, and they're singing, and what? Heard all of this. But I don't know about you. If you hang out and you watch sheep for a living, this is something that doesn't happen that often. I mean, maybe once a quarter at most, the angels show up, Okay. That was a joke. There's, it, it never happens, okay? This is something that never takes place, and it's amazing, it's perplexing, and it's confusing, and it's all of these things. Why in the world are angels out there singing, and what is going on? And we come and we see a baby, but you have to recognize there's been hope, and there's been a promise, and there's been prophecy, and there's been, there been this expectation that there would be a day when there would be the Messiah that was born that would save the people. And so their reaction is amazement that they're the ones that hear this message. Their reaction is to go share it with everyone. And it's unbelievable. Can you imagine the joy? Can you imagine the interruption in your very ordinary, boring life of hanging out watching sheep where angels fill the sky and tell you this incredible message? And you... And it's noteworthy enough to be recorded for all of history. Unbelievable. And then the story continues. In verse 21, it says this. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus. The name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice in keeping what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves, doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. So second, second account here and second reaction that is taking place to people who are around this scene is the setup here is a man, Simeon, who is righteous and devout. It says that the Holy Spirit was on him. He had this promise that he would see the Messiah before he died, and he was moved by the Spirit, goes to the temple courts, and somehow, miraculously, recognizes the Messiah as soon as he sees Jesus brought in. 
And then, so that's the setup, and the news is this. It's that my eyes have seen your salvation. That's what he proclaims. He says, I've seen salvation. I've seen what God is doing. And it says, it will be a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, um, Israel. And the reaction for Mary and Joseph after this scene takes place is they say, the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. So what I want to, what I'm trying to do here is I want to capture some of these original emotions, capture some of these original feelings that people had because maybe we miss it because we're so far away from the, the original scene. Capture these emotions because as we read here in Luke chapter two, and it, I think it's being highlighted and it's trying to tell us something is that the people were amazed, people pondered, and people marveled. We see they're amazed because God is doing something new. And it says that in verse 18. It says, all who heard were amazed. All the people who heard the message that Jesus came or the Messiah was coming were amazed. They're, they're, they're dumbfounded. They're, they're struck by this. It's an incredible thing. Some things, traditions, should point you to an important day. It should point you to something that is significant. It should recap something that was important in your life. But it's not something that we should get stuck in. It's not something that we should, we should lose the emotion of that moment. And, and sometimes I think as we get older, we're like, okay, I don't have the same emotion I used to have during these holidays so I can live my life through my kids. That's exciting when they're opening presents, when they're experiencing it the first time. But you see in these moments, they're saying, this is an amazing message. This is something that should strike us, something that should move us, something that should change you. Because God didn't stop that work and God doesn't stop the work in our life. They knew that this was coming. They knew that there would be a Messiah someday. But the events and how it took place and how it unfolded, it was amazing in their own life. In your life, is it still amazing? Is it still amazing what God, has, what God can do, how God shows up? It's pretty amazing when angels come and you're not expecting it. It's amazing when people see it for the first time. It's amazing when all these things come together. Yeah, it is. But is it still amazing in your life? And the reason I ask you that is I think that, think that it's a sign of spiritual vitality in our life if there's still something amazing that God is doing. Is there still something fresh, still something new? Is there, is there new roads that God wants, to, God wants to lead us on? New paths that we need to take. New challenges that are awaiting us. New things. Because it would be unfortunate if we thought, you know what? I heard that story when I was seven years old. I heard it. I accepted Jesus. And I'm all set. I'm good now. Now I'm just writing it out. But the story is amazing. That the God of the universe came to us, came to earth. That the Messiah came for the salvation of the world. That God comes really, really close. God cares about us so deeply that he's intricately involved in human history and in our lives. So the question then becomes, should become personal for us. 
is God showing up in amazing ways still in my life? Am I hearing things? Am I being directed? Am I being changed? Am I being transformed? Or is it something that it was settled long ago and nothing new is taking place? We should all be amazed every Christmas because God is doing something new in our life every single year. You know, sometimes the older we get, we just kind of mark those calendars and flip it over. And it's kind of like you can't even keep track of what year was, was, you know, was that 2020? Was that 2018? I don't even remember when we did that. What's taking place? You have to go back and see the pictures and all this stuff. And it's almost hard sometimes to remember what year was what, the older we get. Because it's become routine. What would your life be like if you were constantly in a place where God was still showing up, God was still amazing you, God was still working, God was still leading you. And I have to ask myself, and I, I want you to ponder, ponder as well, what would it take for me to have a heart that is open enough to be amazed again, to be surprised, to be pointed in a different direction because... Man, if it's, if, it's, if it's just the same thing we're repeating over and over, how alive is that message in our hearts and in our lives? And what takes place right there is we see it's the Holy Spirit working in their life and coming upon them. And if the Holy Spirit is close to us and working in our life and we're sensitive to God's voice, I guarantee you we can be amazed all the time. We can be amazed at what God is opening up what doors he's he's providing for us what chances he's providing but i think that we have to be attentive prayerful and open to be amazed another emotion that we see here it's in verse 19 where it says mary treasured up all these things and pondered them she pondered them in her heart Maybe that's part of the key. Maybe that's part of the key for us to get fresh eyes on these things. Is that there is, there is this active kind of thinking and figuring out and pondering. Love that word. It's because it, it just conveys to me that she went back and she was just kind of maybe even having conversations with God and asking God, what is going on? What am I supposed to do with this? Really? Shepherds showing up. Angels showing up. Already have this baby in a miraculous way. What am I supposed to do? She held them close and thought about the implications of them a lot. If you want to be open to God amazing you, God doing something new in your life, you have to be somebody that is, that is pondering things. Not somebody that is just running out a new, uh, the same ritual over and over again. It's not like, hey, just put up the tree, sing a song, because that's what we always do. You have to stop for a moment and say, what is this for? Why am I doing this? Why is this important? And what is missing? What is missing in my life? Is there something, God, that like maybe ugh, I'm just doing these things, I'm going through the motions, but I'm not really actually stopping to think and to pray and ask, what is the point of it all? Maybe we don't ponder enough. 
In our culture and in our time, it's easy to get consumed with everything around us. If I have any free moment, I pick up my phone, don't you? And there's not a lot of pondering going on in the, the apps that I look at in my phone. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff that is, that is being thrown out, but there's not a lot of deep, thoughtful pondering. Most of it's headlines and quick hitters that is trying to get a reaction out of me that's not helpful in any way. But to ponder means to maybe even put it away and to go and walk, contemplate, meditate, be quiet, listen. It's what it takes. And, and if that's absent in our lives, which is it's very absent in our culture, there's no surprise and we shouldn't be we shouldn't be surprised in any way if there's nothing new that is taking place. If we're not taking time to say, God, how come this happened in my life this year? How come I've gone down this road? Maybe there's a habit, good or bad, that has emerged in your life and you stop and say, when did this happen? How did it take place? Maybe there's a relationship that's strained. Maybe there's something else that is this is kind of waned in some way or another, and you haven't just taken time to even contemplate what happened and why. There's too little reflection in our life, and if there's too little reflection, is it the predictable outcome is there's not going to be anything new, right? Not going to be any new past, new directions. We're just going to continue to follow our routine. There's there, it, it's great to have like that routine that we do where we don't even have to think about things. We can get up, brush our teeth, go about our day, and we don't even have to think about things. But if you live your entire life on autopilot like that, God is never going to show up. God is never going to intervene. Stop and ponder. Ponder and expect that God will do something new and show you something different. That God will show up in an unexpected way in your life and be willing to be uncomfortable. Be willing to think about things that don't make you feel great. Maybe it's those emotions that you have that are not helpful or destructive and you just kind of like have passed those off. You haven't been willing to deal with those. You need to stop maybe and ponder and say, God, how come in my life? I've continued to have that same reaction, same habit, same action over and over and over. I need you to show up and show me something different. What needs to change? What do you need for God to do to save you, to intervene in your life? And then there's another word that stuck out to me as I was reading this. It's in the... The last section, verse 33, it says, The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. When this figure, Simeon, comes up to Mary and Joseph and they have this encounter, it's pretty unbelievable. But they, it says they marveled. And as I was thinking about that term, I'm thinking about that that is the state of someone who is open to what God is doing in their life. It's, it's, it's looking around and saying, look at all these changes that are taking place. Look at all these things that I'm a part of. And it's just an unbelievable feeling. It's almost the outcome that takes place when our life is open to God's spirit. 
It says that the Messiah would come and be a light to the Gentiles and would be salvation for, for people. This was something new. You recognize this. Is that the people in that day, their, their whole concept of faith, their whole concept of God was tied up in, in their nationality and their religion with the Jewish people. And the message was, this is going to be a message that is proclaimed to the entire world. This is going to be something that goes beyond this group of people and goes to, to everyone. And they had no, no even concept of what that meant to this day, where it spread all around the world. They didn't have a concept of what the world, how big the world was. But the message was fulfilled. And the message was spread to everyone. And it was a light to the entire world. And it's unbelievable. If you get an opportunity to catch what God is doing in your life and through your life, you're going to live a life where you're going to be looking around a lot and saying, I can't believe it. Unbelievable. Can you believe how God intervened? Can you believe how God set up this relationship where I had this conversation with this person? Can you believe how much has changed in my life? Can you believe that I get to be a part of this? Unbelievable. Mary and Joseph are just like sitting around kind of like, what is going on? This is awesome. God is we're meeting strangers and they're telling us prophecies. We're, angels are showing up and shepherds are coming to hang out with us in the manger. This is unbelievable what God is doing. Let me just say, the message of Christmas is a message of throwing all of the things that you think in your head that is traditional, that is ordinary, that is like routine, and throwing them all out. And the original message of Christmas is everything's different. Everything's different. Everything's new. Because God is alive and working right now in your life. So a lot of times we associate Christmas with tradition. The same thing. We did it last year. We're going to do it next year. This is what we do at Christmas time. We're going to sing the same song. We're going to light the same candle. We're going to decorate our house the exact same way. And we're going to do the same thing. And God, don't interrupt anything because I like it like that. Because that's how mom did it, and that's how grandma did it, and that's how my kids are going to do it, and that's what we want. Do you realize that the message of Christmas is God is active. God is moving. God is alive. And sometimes we need things shaken up in our life, don't we? Sometimes we need our spirit to change. We need new attitudes, new perspective new life. God's spirit, when God's spirit is active in our life, nothing stays the same. You recognize that? Nothing stays the same. So once again, in this time of tradition, I want to ask you these questions. In what way in your life have you gotten stuck? Are you stuck somewhere? Stuck in a moment, stuck in a mental loop of exactly this is, this is the way I should think, stuck in a bad habit, stuck in a way of doing things, stuck in a way of treating other people, stuck in a way where you say, you know what, nothing supernatural, nothing 
Nothing different is going to happen this next year. Nothing. I'm just, this is the way it is. And I'm very comfortable with it right here. Have you gotten stuck? Because for some reason, Christian people tend to get really traditional at Christmas time. Really almost stuck. And the second question is, what new thing does God want to do in you? What new thing does he want to start in your heart? Are you open? If God was speaking to you right here, right now, through these words and through these stories, would you hear it? Would you change? Would there be something new that emerged in your life or are you just too much, too far gone, too much in a rut, too much, you know, too content? Be amazed. Ponder what God is doing. God is doing stuff. And marvel at all the work that God does in your life. May this Christmas be a time where God does something new in your life. Pray with me. God, we thank you for this good news, the gospel message, good news, a profound message that you came to the world to save people from their sins. There's nothing ordinary or stagnant about that. It's a work of your spirit. It's a transforming act. It's, it shakes everything up. It calls into question all of our motives, all of our actions. It requires us to change. And so God, help us if we get stuck. Never let us get to a place, God, where we settle, where we lose that moment where we're amazed, where we stop contemplating or pondering what you're trying to do, where we, we never have moments where we are just marveling at what's taking place. God, I just pray that those emotions and feelings would be fresh and new in our life right now. So God, we want to open ourselves up. We want to listen to your voice right now. What is in our gut right now that you're trying to tell us? God, help us to have ears. Help us to feel. Help us to have emotion again where we recognize, God, you're doing something and I need to pay attention. No routine. No ignoring you. God, speak.
And God, we cry out to you and just say thank you. That you came to this earth to bring salvation. So God, we confess our sins and we cry to you and we rely on you. To save us, to heal us, to set us free. God, you're making all things new. So forgive us today. Give us a new start, a new path, a new direction in our life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.